put them in front. He doesn't miss. Oh, the little man higher for longer than all around him. Gee, it's a good kick. It is a great kick. It's one for the ages. Oh, look for the trampoline. Rogers done it from nowhere. Cyril, has he got the journey? Oh, he has. He has. He has. He's kicked the goal, Cyril. What a beauty. What a week it's been for the Hawks, and here I thought I was the AFL trade wizard, but seriously, hats off to Graham Wright, who made some amazing moves. He secured a future star from the Suns, masterminded one giant heist, and scored the signature of a man with X-Factor aplenty. All in all, it was an eventful trade period for Hawthorne, and we're back to recap the lot, as I welcome you to another edition of the Hawk Talk podcast, the go-to show for all fans of the Hawthorne Football Club. My name is Nick Mason, and joining me is a man who's away in Perth currently... But no signs of Tim Kelly there, Tiz. No, uh, there's only one family club. Only one club that'll send a bloke back to be with his family. <laughs> <laughs> Just gotta love how Geelong's like, hey, Paddy, Paddy, come come back home. You know, Paddy, Paddy, come come play for Geelong. Come on, Paddy, come on. You know you want to. Come on. Hey, uh, Gary, Gary, come on, come back home. You want to play for Geelong? Hey, um. Geelong, I've been thinking. Uh, my name's Tim Kelly. I just, I just thought I might go back home to Perth. My wife had had twins, and we're struggling with the family because you know that's a lot of work. Twins, and you know we've only just got to Victoria, and uh, it's just so tough. Nah, nothing. No nah, stuff here. No dice. Nah. <laughs> if you want to leave in a year, you can, but we're not letting you go early. <laughs> <laughs> now, Tiz, in your humble opinion. Where do you where do you rate the Hawks in terms of this trade period? There's been a bit of conjecture. Have we been big winners, or where where would you say you put us? Uh, I'd have to say that we would be in the top four, and top four in the trade period. That's how it works. Oh, you know, right. If you win trade period, you you get into the top four. Like Essendon, they won they won trade period last year heroically, uh, heroic efforts. Although I noticed today, and I don't know whether you know this yet, but uh, Adrian Dodoro in fantastic Dodoro stylings, took a celebratory pick with him and Dylan Shield in front of the draft board for the Essendon Football Club and sent it to social media. So it's got all their priorities written up there for, every, for the world to see. <laughs> I mean... It's going to be fantastic. I mean, setting that aside, even the mere act of trying to... You know, it's a bit of look at me, look at me. Is he really in a position to be doing that, Dodoro? It almost fell over. It did almost fall over, yeah. Even Dylan Sheila has admitted that uh, he had a call from the Giants to say maybe he wouldn't be traded. Yeah, wow. And that's because they freed up salary cap space with Scully and Lobb. And then they were like, oh, well, maybe we don't need to get rid of you now, Dylan. Who would you consider the, the big losers of the trade period? Well, I mean, Adelaide and Port Adelaide are looking at the draft. So they're trying to get some of the South Australian talent that's in the draft in the in the pool coming up, but uh, the big loser would have to be GWS, who were just sort of fire-sailing, and Gold Coast hit reset, dumping their captains, Lynch and May, um, and Scrimshaw and Aaron Hall, and I thought West Coast could have done better. Sydney did terribly, I thought. Look at Hawthorne if you want to see a masterclass in trading. We'll certainly cover that in just one moment. Before we do, though, we'll get into the social media stuff. iTunes, 110 ratings now, Tiz, 110 ratings. Uh, unfortunately, there is no single player in Hawthorne's entire history that's played exactly 110 games. Oh, OK. Well, scratch that then. Move on. Well, I'm afraid not, because there is one player that's kicked exactly 110 goals. Yeah, OK. 
great. (laughs) (laughs) It happens to be a guy by the name of Bob Williams, who was the captain for the 1943 season. Uh, This is the the horror season where we thought we were going to make finals for the first time ever. That's right. You've nailed it there. It was only a one-point loss to North Melbourne in the final round of the home-and-away season that stopped him from having the distinction of captaining the first ever Hawthorne team to compete in finals football. And uh, And ignited Nick's hatred that's carried on right through 2018. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I remember 1943 like it was just yesterday. (laughs) Anyway, that's the story of Bob Williams. But, uh, I mean, he was a captain of the club, so it's worth celebrating him. Bob Williams for the Hawthorne Football Club, 110 goals in his, uh, I think he played about 130 games or something in his career in the end. Not a bad average. Yeah, it's pretty good. We move on now to Twitter, at HawkTalkPod. We're clawing our way up to 1,200 followers, which is just sensational. If you haven't jumped on board, please do, at HawkTalkPod. Follow us there. You can find us on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash hawktalkpod. Now, with all that out of the way, I did say last week, Tiz, I was a bit worried it might have, it might have been a quiet trade period, perhaps not so quiet by the time it finished. No, I loved what they said in the in the paper that uh, missed out on Tom Lynch and Dylan Shield, but then climbed off the trade period canvas to throw haymakers. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. It is, actually, because uh, we were a bit down on the club for missing out on uh, both Shield and and me more so for for Lynch mm. but if you can if you can pick up Scully who's uh, I think a better player than Shield even though he's not as young if he gets back to his previous form he'll be fantastic better better contested possession rate than uh, than Dylan Shield as well fair to say that Scully might be more of what we needed which I know sounds like you know, it almost sounds like sour grapes. I'm being bitter about it because we didn't land Shield, but Scully's pace in support of Smith uh, seems invaluable at this point in time. Well, we've had a lot of trouble with the wings. Um, Smith's been, if he's ever, if he's ever tagged out of a game, we look pretty brittle going forward. So uh, that's why Henderson's been very important to us. But it, it raises some some questions about whether Hendo gets another contract. I think with uh, with Scully coming to the club. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Of course, we don't know Hendo's contract. We're never told. It's like Amir's. We're not sure of we're not sure of the details of that one either. Well, I guess with Henderson, he's getting on in his years. So I mean, he, he won't hang around forever. He's getting to the end of his career. So I think we're just shoring things up in that regard. Uh, speaking of sure, Jack Scrimshaw. Yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting point. This I think um, John Ralph sort of indicated that the Gold Coast Suns were very disappointed with Scrimshaw. And uh, I know he's had an injury-riddled uh, time up there, but he never settled, and basically he never showed them any reason why they should have taken him pick seven, which is <laughs> which not is, a great which sign. Is, which is not a great sign for us taking him on. But uh, when you see some of his tapes of his early early work and 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 why he was drafted at pick seven, you can see a bloke that almost behaves on a football field like Grant Virgil, but a little bit taller. Yeah, his uh his disposals are insane. They're so good. Silky skills. Apparently he was um well he, he went to he's a Halebury boy and he was playing in the APS one day and it was absolutely raining cats and dogs and he was the only bloke that was attempting fifty meter passes because uh, he could actually hit them. <laughs> uh, and what about our third big recruit here from the trade period? It's the Chad, Chadwood, Chadley, Chad Wingard. Yeah, Chingard. He's uh, pretty good now, <laughs> isn't he? I, I really... <laughs> Surely not. We're not running with that. <laughs> oh, who would have thought, hey, after uh, Luke Hodge did what he did, that uh, 
Chad would turn up at the club wanting to be there. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll be absolutely terrific to watch. I'll be very, very excited to see him in the forward line with Bruce and Gunston and Langers. It'll be fantastic. <laughs> I don't think that's getting by. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just going to let that one go through to the keeper. <laughs> oh, Langford. I, I trust Langford will get a mention later in the pod. We, we've got a lot to talk about with contract statuses and the like. But uh, Chad Wingard, I guess the knock on him, people have been worried about his uh, so-called attitude problems and inconsistencies across his career. But the fact is, he does have a hell of a lot of X factor. Oh, come on. Give me one Port Adelaide player that you can't point that out. <laughs> it's true. That's very. That's an astute observation, Tiz. I'll give you that. Through the whole club, that. So um, I, I think that that is symptomatic of playing at Port Adelaide. Anyway, good luck to Ryan Burton. He was, uh, he was an excellent pickup for us. And, uh, you know, he's got a big future ahead of him. Even if you do look at his injuries as... It's been part of the reason why Port Adelaide decided to take a whole medical team to the US to make sure this is why Hawthorne were prepared to let him go. Anyway, Wingard is... I just think he'll have that X factor that uh, we've been lacking since Rioli sort of... Uh, well, he hasn't played many games. What's he played eight games in the last two seasons? But it, it shows, though. We have lacked it at times. We've lacked a match winner in that part of the ground at times. Um and, and, you know, Poopolo's not going to play forever. Like, like Henderson mentioned before, Poopolo's coming to the end of his career as well. So we've got to fill a need. And, you know, even guys coming through from VFL, uh, like Moore and Hanrahan, they can step up and we'll give them a go eventually. But in the meantime, it's really nice to just shore that up with Wingard being down there. And you know what? I, I take on board the idea of him being inconsistent and, you know, he can fade from games and not have much of an impact. You look at his highlight reels that, the Hawthorne social media team posted over the last few days. And it really is a reminder. There's a couple of uh, highlights against Hawthorne, which I did not enjoy. But uh... his ability to somehow, you know, a cheeky left snap out of nothing. And it just sails through every time. His, his goal awareness, his ability to manufacture something out of nothing is quite remarkable. So, look, I'm all for it. I think we did pay a high price for it. And there was a lot of people on social media that lost their mind looking at the draft picks that we also gave up. But I think fundamentally it's a good thing. Oh, look, draft picks, whatever. You know, Plenty of them coming. Well, we know your position on draft picks, don't we? I don't value them very highly, as apparently don't the club. So, uh, well, they, they never seem to bother, do they? No, not really. And it'll be interesting next year. We're going to have to find a way to get a first-round draft pick because you've got to take one every four years. So we've got some, we've got some trouble... Um, ahead but you know you just put that into the too hard basket until it comes around to next year and you deal with it then um i was going to say about about chad wingard is uh, as his club was falling from a, um, a top four position to miss the eight in the last seven weeks of this season he still averaged 30 possessions while playing it i consider out of position in the midfield and uh, with a contested possession rate Akin to Amiris. Oh well. Wow. Okay. So you're looking at a <laughs> you're looking at a bloke that can do everything. Kick goals, get his own ball, and when you compare it to what Ryan Burton was doing for much of the year, 
and we saw that reflected in the PCM, you can see why um, Hawthorne were prepared to make the trade. Uh, in terms of what we brought into the club, as well as those players that we mentioned before, the 2019 third round pick, we've come away with that as well. The outs, we've mentioned Ryan Burson. We say goodbye to Taylor Jaray, who's ended up with the Western Bulldogs tiers. Yes, dual premiership player Taylor Jaray offered a one-year contract at Hawthorne, decided to go to the Dogs on a two-year contract. Yeah, can't really blame uh, can't him. Really, can't really blame him. He did play a fair bit of this season, actually. Um but the previous season, he was dropped to the VFL as well. So he would have seen some riding on the wall, and I think he'd get good game time with suckers in the side. I think it was time for Taylor. Um, I think it, it just came to a tipping point where he recently has been notoriously hot and cold, and um, it just got to a point where even Miles just snuck in and pinched his spot, to the point where we are all pretty shocked when Miles was even submitted as a trade option. Yeah, he got told to have a look around. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, I'm not too surprised. And good luck to Jaray. He's obviously serviced our club uh, very well. Two two flags and everything is done around that. We thank him for his contribution. Uh, out of the club comes pick 15 and 35. We lost those as well. 2019 third round draft pick. Uh, the fourth round pick from next year. Uh, well, two of those actually. And 2008 draft picks that we hold heading into this year's draft. 53 and 90. So... <laughs> <laughs> pretty good, pretty good numbers. Uh, have we done a history of those, or are we saving that for the draft pod? We'll save that for the draft <laughs> pod. I can tell you right now, though, before anyone gets too dismayed, off the top of my head, now it could be wrong. It's either fifty-five or fifty-six is where we took uh, James Sicily, I believe. So, yeah, you know, number fifty-three could be worse. It'll probably change because there is a mad, there is a mad scramble this year on trade uh, on uh, draft night. You can trade draft picks and things like that, depending on. Depending on the evening, how it's going, it's uh, I'm not sure how that really works yet, but um, it should be fun. <laughs> ah, we'll be across it. We'll look into it. We'll uh, we'll give you all the latest, listeners. Now, uh, we heard from George at Hawk Talk Pod. He hit us up and said, "You can't worry about what we've given up. We'll never know. Let's look at what we've got: an absolute gun and wingard, a 20-year-old virtual clone, and when fit, the best gut runner in the country. To get good players, you have to pay overs. Concentrate on the positives. And personally, I am tears. I think it's actually been a pretty good trade period. Well, at the start of the trade period, would you have given up Burton? for Scully, Scrimshaw, and Wingard? <laughs> well, obviously. Yeah, I mean, it's not quite as simple as that, is it? But I get your point. No, it kind of is, because the other... Like, I mean, Scrimshaw's not a proven player, but uh, the other two are, mm. and none of your picks are going to be proven players until two or three years, and we've got a list that really wants immediate impact. We're still in a premiership window, no matter what you hear out of the uh, AFL, you know, luminaries. <laughs> We still have, we still have the, uh, you know, the intelligence and the experience to be able to maintain a, a go at the premiership. But um, as, as soon as two or three years are over, and we've, we've lost Birchall and Ruffy and Stratton's looking too old, and Frawley's gone, then I think there'll there'll be a. Uh, a big changeover in the list. Yeah, absolutely. And we heard from Jesse as well, who sent us a string of tweets. Now, bear with us, listeners. But I think it's worth repeating this. I think it's quite a good observation. Jesse begins, he says, In the NBA, there's a saying that in a trade, whoever comes out with the best player wins the trade because you know what to expect from that player. Overall, we gave up more than a few picks and Ryan Burton, who has the potential 
but hasn't proven himself yet. Kind of tying into what you just said, Tiz. In return, we got Wingard, Scrimshaw, and Scully. Now, two of those players are proven stars, albeit one of them is coming off an injury. I think it's fair to say that the talent coming in is far greater than going out. We also have an improved midfield depth, which is what we were chasing, so that's also a win. I think it's fair to say, continues Jesse, we've had one of, if not the best trade period. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, definitely. The other point I'd like to say for all those worried that Scully will never play, uh, if he does in fact not play and he is declared retired due to injury, all his salary comes out of the cap. Oh, brilliant. And we'll be able to use that on other players. So there's minimal risk here. And I mean, Wright pulled off, uh, as I said in the intro, a giant heist, effectively. We got him for virtually nothing. Uh, So, I mean, can you be that worried? If it doesn't come to fruition, then I mean... that's just how it is, but I'm worried for skulls. But um, <laughs> in terms of the in terms of the club, they've protected themselves well, which is what they have to do. Now we heard from Sheridan as well at Hawk Talk Pod. She says, "I'm surprised that Wingard's price was so high, but not shocked that this came to fruition. It confirms two things that we probably already knew." One, if a star nominates Hawthorne, they make it happen. Two, Hawthorne does not value first and second round draft picks as highly as other clubs do. Now that seems plainly evident now, Tiz. Uh, Yeah, it's all about the process of turning any draft pick into a much, much better player and reaching their potential. And I think there's a bit of the old... um, There's a bit of fear at Port Adelaide that if Chad does come to the club and he does star and he finally becomes a superstar that we know he should be, and he's been treading water for about three seasons. They're going to look like right idiots, and they're going to have to point. They're going to have to point at something really good that they got for giving him up. Yeah. And uh, Gunston still haunts the minds of those at Adelaide. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, we've done a we've done some quality poaching as far as South Australia is concerned over the years. It's been a pretty good ground for us trade wise. Yeah, but um, they seem to have this ability to piss off their best players. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> yeah. Yep, 100%. Wingard leaves, Burgoyne leaves, um, Tippett pissed off. Uh, you know, just it's very strange. We heard from Dan. Uh, he said, we're clearly targeting trade and free agency over the draft with the list that we currently have. This means we believe we're close enough to challenge for a premiership. Now, Dan has hit us with three questions here, so you're going to go through the lot. Here we go. One, do, do you, you believe, believe we-, we are? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I mean, we made top four. We, we got it. We're thereabouts, aren't we? At least. Yeah. Well, we probably shouldn't have made top four. A lot of a lot of clubs fell over around us. Yeah, but it also took Hawthorne to earn that spot. What did we win? Like the last six games of the season, or something? Yeah, but if you consider that uh, we should have won a lot more games oh, yeah. than you know, specifically Brisbane, who who had a stellar trade period, by the way. Mm. Good luck beating them next year if, uh, <laughs> if we couldn't do it this year. Yeah, so that'll be interesting to see if Hawthorne can really maintain it because we're going to have a much more difficult draw than last year. So we're going to have to st- sustain it for longer periods. There's one There's one glaring weakness, I think, in our whole team. What's that? When I was drawing, when I was drawing up our best 22, and it was shown up in 2017 when Frawley missed a good chunk of games and we looked terrible. Hmm. So uh, there's really still no backup for Rawley here. You don't think Brand's cut out for it? Uh, no, I don't. And I don't think he believes he is either. I think he's the, the second. Um, he's not 
He's not a gorilla. He can't uh, fight for position like Frawley seems to be able to, and he doesn't uh, he doesn't play well when uh, when he's engaged with physical contact. So that that looks like it's the weakest point of our side. But there's not a lot of a really good key forwards going around in other teams. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, I'm just pinpointing that as something we need to recruit for. Mm. And uh, perhaps that'll happen in the pre-season draft with a few blokes that have been delisted, the delisted free agents, some of them running around. Yeah, maybe. I agree. It's definitely something that has to be looked at. I was uh, interested in us um, examining it this year uh, in terms of recruits, but I I can't be that worried because we basically filled stocks all over the ground. We got a young defender that could be anything, uh, we got we we replenished midfield stocks and and you know gave it a bit more dash which is great and we got our X factor back so we got the outside mid we wanted last year. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, better late than never, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But uh, I just think there's a few key defenders that have been pushed on by other clubs. I, I thought we might be into Homsch for a little while there, just as cover. Mm. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens there. The second question from Dan is, are we sacrificing our future for our present at Hawthorne? No, we definitely are. Not, no one takes a first-round pick every year, though, because at, at certain points your list is matured for a premiership and at others it is not. And let's face it, it's not like Gold Coast are going to kick people their first-round picks. Hmm. I mean, they've got uh, 3, 6, 24, so that's... And uh, Adelaide has some ridiculous number of picks in the first... Yeah, they've got four in the first 20, 21. Mm. So, good luck getting those players into four players into their side yeah. in the next few years. So, there's going to be blokes that will be available that won't be, be, be getting games. So, you've got to remember all these blokes were picked up. There's a, what was, uh, Wingard was here, pick eight. Scully's a pick uh, one. Yeah. Scrimshaw's yeah. a pick seven. Yeah, that's you true. Know? And they're all still relatively young. Well, Scully's, what, yeah. 27 or something? He's 27. Now, we've got our third question here from Dan, which is, should we have more of a youth focus? No, we just won the box. Boxer won the uh, VFL, so the youth are pretty good. We don't need to worry about that. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I think we've got a lot of promising talent coming through, so we're okay there. That's why we're not just uh, going around picking the eyes out of other teams. We're actually surgically prizing players from other clubs. Mm. <laughs> we don't. We don't need any talent. We need specific talents. It's true, and sort of circling back to what we were saying about Frawley, um, you're right in saying there really is no backup. It's something that we are going to need to address the next trade period when that rolls around in 2019, because as it stands, you look at Box Hill, there's no one coming in for him. If Frawley gets injured, then you're right, it's a big hole that we just can't fill right now. Headley got delisted, who was touted as being being in the next uh, bloke that could sort of handle gorilla-type forwards. But, um, yeah, I don't think he'll get another look. No, I don't think so either. Now we move on to a question from... Uh, did we ever know how to uh, decide upon how to pronounce this guy's name? J-Dot? J-Do? I'm just going to go with J-Do. I think that's uh, better. I seriously... Okay. I seriously don't know what's better. Getting Tom Scully for a bag of chips or watching other fans have mental breakdowns and create conspiracy theories? Yeah, Kane Corns, my goodness. How often can a bloke be wrong and still <laughs> in the media? No. Uh, <laughs> it, it was very obvious uh, that he was trying to dissuade Wingard from leaving uh, just by the way he was talking about Hawthorne and and then trying to get the, the, 
I think he wanted the Scully deal to sort of scuttle Wingard to Hawthorne. Yeah. Uh, but it was done for such a bag of chips, as Jado says, that it had no impact on the deal. So yeah. Uh, and of course, don't forget that Ash Brown came on the pod and told us about all that. Now, uh, I actually texted him. Actually, we were both in contact with him, but I texted him uh, once the trade period was basically done and dusted. And I, I said, you know, congratulations. I tip my hat to you. Like, you did call it. He did say that we were going to get Scully. And he replied, he's like, did I? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he wasn't sure if it was on committed to recording or not. Well, Ash, I'm happy to report that it was. And we're going to listen to that right now. The, the player I've heard, and this is going to, you know, again, just... Here we go. Uh, the player I heard of Hawthorne talking to is Tom Scully. Really? But, uh, I don't, again, that's just someone said that to me. Just, Jeez, his injury I've that bad, from, is it? I've heard of him too. <laughs> yeah, I've heard of him two different people. That uh, when all when all shakes up at the end, Scully could be the one who ends up. I hope he gets a pay cut coming to Hawthorne. We're not paying that for him, are we? I wouldn't think so. But I think Scully's actually on down downward scale. I think. Is he? The, yeah, I think a bit like the butt. I think it's going to start going down right soon. So again, I'm just I've no mail other than what a couple of people have told me. Um. Well, so, he's a running machine. Him and Isaac Smith would look great. Mm. That'd be outstanding, wouldn't it? I yeah. mean, that sort of, you know, Henderson's been serviceable. Um, it'd be more than so. In fact, Henderson's been good, but Smith is 29. 29, yeah, and Henderson's 29. 31. Yeah. So they're going to have to get some more run, find some more run the next couple of years. So if you ask me out of who, out of Scully and Shield, who'd wanted Hawthorne, I would yeah, take Scully. Scully, yeah. I think Scully's a better fit for what they need than Shield. As good as Shield is. You got Warple, you got Cousins, you've got um, you know, maybe Lovell. I don't know. You've got sort of, sort of inside mids. I mean, Shill goes both ways, but I think Scully's the sort of player Hawthorne can actually do it. Mm. So there it is again. Ash, tip our hats to you. That was brilliant. And when did he? He called that around twenty three, I think it was that episode, just after round twenty three when we when we beat the Swans. We had him on. So that's excellent. It's a good call from a long way out. You've got to celebrate that sort of stuff, Tiz, because all we've heard for the last two weeks is just scuttlebutt and innuendo and who knows who you can trust. There's a million journos out there. Then you've got the parody Twitter accounts, one of which I was responsible for, admittedly, but <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just don't know what information's reliable. You enjoyed that way too much, mate. You enjoyed that way too <laughs> what, much. What, putting cane corns in a North Melbourne jumper? <laughs> saying he was offered a competition first player-coach contract. Yeah, it was good fun. All the other deals that were um, pushed up early eventually got done after Frio decided to play ball. One thing I should also mention about Ash that we didn't bring up uh, last week either when we were talking about Alistair Clarkson signing for uh, for 2022, in the very same episode where that Scully quote was taken from, he did indeed flag that Clarko would be signed. He said it outright long before it was actually announced. I think he said, yeah, I think he said that he was, uh, he changed his method of coaching rather than being a sort of hands-off brain behind the scenes he was much more hands-on focused on getting the best out of the players themselves and he was enjoying that change in um in his work the future looks bright can i just say that tis can we just pause and take a breather after what's been a pretty hectic trade period i think the future looks bright personally there was a bit too too much histrionics about burton leaving wasn't there oh look it's not something i wanted to happen but i've made peace with it um i i wouldn't go so far as to protest outside marvel stadium 
to get him to stay. Isn't it? Um, isn't it? Anderson became Burton, became Wingard. I think that's a fairly good progression. Yeah, actually, I think you're right. Come to think of it, that's, we've done pretty well. That's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand people are upset. I really liked Burton too, but ah, um, oh, look, we're not getting nothing. So, you know, we, we still come out okay. Yeah, and he might even come back. Yeah, exactly. Could do a bit of a Trent Crowd. Definitely could, I think. Not sure he was all too pleased when they asked him, would you mind going back to Adelaide? I don't think he enjoyed that. But uh, <laughs> he, he got on board in the end. Now, we had some questions about the draft, didn't we? About uh, the, the Moz. Yes, that's right. Yeah, we had a, a few questions about uh, how we're going to get Irving Mosquito to the club. We heard from Paul, who asked that very question. He wanted... Are uh, we still going to have enough points to get Academy prospects Irving Mosquito and Tyrone Hayes and even Ross chipped in? He wondered how we're going to get Irving Mosquito. Tis, can it happen and how is it going to happen? Uh, yeah, there's no problem getting them. Uh, well, especially Irving Mosquito. We get a 15% reduction in the number of points that we need to use against him because he's in our Academy or what's it called? Uh, is it the Next Gen Academy? Yeah, I, next, the Next yeah, Gen Academy. I need to look up the name, but it's it's our academy, basically. We have, we have dibs, is the colloquial way of putting it. And uh, we can also go into arrears. We can also go into deficit if we need to for the following year. So if we want him, we will have him. Now, we also heard from Paul on uh, the issue of trading up the draft. He wonders, can we do it? And Dan adds, the AFL have introduced the ability to trade draft picks for the next month, including up to and during the draft. Do you believe that we've got the future, or do you believe that we got the future third round pick in the Wingard deal so we could trade other future picks to get into this draft earlier than our current pick, which is again listed as number 53? Well, that'll be live trading, and uh, it'll happen if uh, if someone in an academy goes a bit later and, they, and another club doesn't need the points, they might consider trading for our later pick mm. um, because they see no value in that and they'll have an earlier pick the following year. But. Uh, Really, I mean, there's not a lot of difference between pick 53 and pick 30 in terms of the, the uh, number of games played by the player. Mm. After you get past about pick 25, it's generally <laughs> you know, very hard to pick a player that gets to 150, 200 games. We heard from Justin, who just wonders what we're going to do with pick 53. He reckons go for a mature 21 or 22-year-old state league key position player. Tiz, do you have any idea in... If it was you, if it was up to you, what would you do? So at 53, there mightn't be a lot going, but you'd think that it'd be the later pick we'd use on a on a mature age player if we're looking for one. Uh, although a few of the best ones have been taken um, by Gold Coast and Carlton, and I think one Kruger ended up at Geelong after they managed to trade that ability, which I found strange. But uh, I know Sam Collins, former Box Hill player, and was drafted by Frio and then went back and played in the in the VFL this year, has been drafted by Gold Coast. And he's, he's uh, deserving of that, and we could look at something similar to that. Um, just a key position player, I think that would be a good go, because we definitely, we spoke about it earlier, a bit shallow in those, in those defensive roles. Yeah, that's definitely where we need to be uh, directing our efforts, I reckon. Now... Um... We're moving on to a bit of unfinished business. We look ahead to the future, of course, and the draft and who we've brought in. But now we've got to actually examine who's left behind and who's sort of left in limbo. And Quantum Hawk wants us to do exactly that on Twitter. He hit us up and said, uh, discuss the futures, if you could, of... uh, Well, we've got a a list of players here. I think we should just go through them one by one. What do you reckon? 
Yeah, okay, sure. We'll start off with uh, Sean Marquez. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Sean Makers. Well, he got another year. Has that has that been made official? There was talk that he was going to get another year. No, nah, that's uh, pretty much official, I think. It's been widely reported. So, uh, although not come out with the club, but I think the club sort of seems to be staggering their announcement. Yeah. We're on a drip feed here at the Hawthorne <laughs> Football Club. <laughs> it certainly seems that way. We're waiting on a number of things. Uh, Quantum Hawk wants to talk about TOB. Well, I mean, he's contracted for next year. Uh, beyond that, who really knows? I think we're going to have to see 2019 play out before we know what happens there. They played him behind the ball in the VFL late on in the year. so It's a good effect. I think that worked. Yeah, Tim O'Brien. I mean, we're just waiting. And uh, I don't know... How much longer the club's prepared to wait, to be honest. But uh, he's he's one or two injuries away from the end of his career, to be honest. You know, if he doesn't play games, that that's it. Fine line now. It certainly is. Uh, what about Seglan? He was sort of uh, in calculations for a trade to GWS at one point during the trade period. Uh, Johnny Segler, what's going to happen with him, do you reckon? Well, he'll be our second ruck. And uh, Pitnet, who's the other ruckman on the list, he's looking at... Uh, trying to find a way to get a game, I think. I wonder if the VFL Grand Final was the uh, turning point. Are we starting to see Pitto reach what we need him to be to, to the point where he actually does start getting regular senior games? I'm just, I don't know. I would love for it to be the case, but I think I need a bit more convincing. I might be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure his first game was 2014. Yeah. So he's um, been overlooked for a number of years now. You know, he's got everything that most ruckmen need. He's just a bit slow. Uh, he does a hell of a lot of work around the ground, good tackling, good contested efforts. Mm. It'll be interesting. Other clubs will certainly come for him if we don't want him. So we've sort of covered Pitto there, so I think we can move on to the next player. Before we do, though, I should just say our call briefly disconnected there and uh, my phone returns to the window that was open before this WhatsApp call and it was Instagram and it instantly refreshed and there I was greeted with Chad Wingard in a hawthorn top, and smiling, and he looked very happy indeed. And that made me happy, Tiz, so I thought I'd share that with you and the listeners. <laughs> well, he's meant to be doing his media for the club today, isn't he? It certainly seems that way, yeah. I think that's what he was doing. So, yeah, we'll keep an eye out for that. Uh, the next player on the list here from Quantum Hawk is Brendan Whitecross. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. He might look back to look to go back to uh, Brisbane and help Fags with his coaching, mm. uh, get some kind of contract with that. That would be what I'd expect for him. Uh, he must be getting terribly frustrated at Hawthorne. Yeah, do you think the VFL Premiership is maybe the end of this story, sadly? Is that going to be sort of his version of the ultimate success? Which is sad, but, you know, at least he's got something to show for it. He, he does have Premiership glory. Um, I want him to succeed in the senior team, but I just I don't find a place for him. I, he's not in my calculations at all, as much as I do like the guy. So... Maybe this is it, Tiz. Are we going to do our best 22 later? We are going to do our best 22, yep. Round one, best 22. Oh, round one. I, was, <laughs> I did a finals best 22, <laughs> but okay. Well, it's just, you know, our first glimpse of the new look Hawthorne for 2019. That's what I was going for. Anyway, uh, we've got Lovell and Glass, the last two players for Quantum Hawk here. Well, Lovell's Mini Mitchell and Glass gets a look now that uh, Birdo's gone doesn't he? Because he'll be uh, vying for a spot with Scrimshaw and uh, Impey off the half-back line. That's it. That's assuming that Birchall plays. Now, it was interesting. I saw on Twitter as well uh, from Ryan, who who actually, 
laid bare, the contract situation at Hawthorne is maybe a lot more dire than I first thought because out of contract next year at Hawthorne, I'm just looking at the screen now, there's got to be, what, 20 blokes? That's an insane number that aren't contracted. Oh, this isn't the end of next year, okay. Yeah, yeah, so it's coming to the end of uh, 2019, and that's not including eight guys that are still uncontracted for next year <laughs> yes. uh, who will probably get one-year deals. Um, but, I mean, do, do I just rattle these off? Because I think people need to know this is the situation we're in. Oh, I'm not. This, this does not concern me at all. Any of these names. You think Hawthorne's just going to get it done? Yeah, I'm not worried about any of this. You've got to consider that if uh, if we have a down year and we do we do mm-hmm. need to cut the list, this is, this is how you do it. <laughs> because, the, well, these blokes come straight out of this list as soon as we have that year. Virgil, Burgoyne, Crawley, Roughhead, Guapolo, O'Brien. That's it, all gone. Probably Langers as well. Unless you want to have some continuity. In the leadership. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> look, there's a lot more names beside that. I'm ragging uh, you now. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm just going to move on. Uh, Birchall, Brand, Burgoyne, Segler, Cousins, Hanrahan, Hardwick, Frawley, Glass, G.F., Jones, Langford, McAvoy, Moore, O'Brien, O'Meara, Puopolo, Ross, Roughhead, Shields, Stratton, and Warple. Contract questions surrounding those guys. So, uh, look, I, I think you're right. That's a fair assessment of what might happen if we have a down year, but... You know, it's just something to think about. You've got to remember there's different pressures here as well. Of if course. If Brand and Warple and Amira and Cousins have good years, they don't want to be signed for a two-year deal. <laughs> they want to renegotiate. Of course. They want to renegotiate for more money. So, um, and similarly, with Amira, if he gets another injury, we don't want to be held to that. I'm not actually sure that Amira's contract is public anyway, so I'm not sure of the accuracy of that. Right. We move on now to uh, everything else, basically. Everything else that we need to cover because we're hit up with a ton of questions, a big avalanche of queries from listeners. Jumper numbers? Oh, come on. <laughs> you love jumper numbers. Crystal balling. Uh, whatever. It's a lot of what this podcast is about. Number five. Who gets the five? Uh, surely Jimmy Warple. <laughs> really? I don't know. I actually don't know who steps into the number five. Maybe Wingard. <laughs> <laughs> no. Now, one of our listeners ends uh, who brings up the issue of Guernsey numbers suggests that probably Chadley gets the number 20. You'd think he was 20 at Port, and we've got a 20 spare after Willsmore vacates it. So there you go. I think that's just a natural fit. Unless he wants a really, really new start. I don't know. Scotty McGuinness's old number. Does it really do it for him? David Hale. Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle. Yeah, he was unlucky, though. We don't have to deal with a captain question, do we? That's huge. Well, we need to mention it. People have asked <laughs> us the question. We're not going to ignore them, are we? Three three separate listeners have asked us about Jared Ruffhead. I guess Ali, in a roundabout way, wonders who will be the captain next year. And we've got Simon, who says, do you think Ruffy goes around again as captain? Disco Stew, what are your thoughts on Ruffy's role next season? Whether I guess whether it's captain or not. Now, we can finally put to bed the whole, where's Ruffy going next year? I mean, thanks, Jay Clark, for playing, but you can... Uh... It was total mania from him. Anyway, so... Uh, Ruffy will probably retain the captaincy, I would assume. And uh, I would say that he was injured for most of the year. So given a, a, a decent pre-season, which will be his first, uh, second full pre-season um, since his illness, uh, that he will be in a much better shape to see out the whole season. And you've got to remember, he did a huge amount of work this year. 
he'll get a bit of chop out from Nash this year too. Yeah, you pointed it out last week that uh, maybe people are being a tad harsh in their assessment of him from week to week. But And you've got to say, as captain, he's really served his role. Of course he has. Because he's got the team performing. We've had no stuff-ups off-field, so he's doing he's doing the right He's doing right by the club and himself, I think. The queries that constantly resurface about his ability as captain, specifically his leadership skills, just completely bewildering to me. I don't get it at all. I'm a big fan of him as captain. That said, you know, he's coming to the end of his career. We probably need to think about who's going to be the next captain, but that's a, that's a question for another day. We'll get to that when it's relevant. We don't want another Lewis moment. <laughs> all these guys. There's yeah. a few guys reckon they're the next captain, and that could be a little bit tough. Uh, that conversation. Hopefully the club's learned a few lessons and we can perhaps go about it a bit differently. That uh, we're not about individual awards is uh, becomes pretty thin when the captaincy comes around. Now, uh, Hayden wants to know, I guess we'll get into this with our best 22 anyway. Actually, I have one bigger mission from our best side come finals at the end of the year. Ooh, okay. Are we, are we just teasing that now? Because we've got a few more questions to get through. Yeah, we'll keep going. Come on. All right, well, so we'll just sizzle that up. We'll leave it simmering away for just one moment. Uh, Hayden, now I know there's a question mark in that, Warple round one. For me, it is no question. Obviously, James Warple plays. Thanks very much. Now, uh, we heard from Kelly as well. Could you discuss Jono and Dal's comments of us getting worse in 2019 and finishing 15th and 14th? Are we really about to drop 10 spots after this year? Sure, we we came up 10 spots, didn't we? No, we are we going to yo-yo as a club? Probably not. I wouldn't have thought so. But we're going to have a much tougher tougher draw. I'd say bottom half of the eighth would be great. But uh, as for Dal and Jono, well, you know, win a premiership and get back to us. I feel so bad saying that. But it's great to have that, to just write off their opinion every time. Because it's just an opinion and, and generally it's crap. I don't feel bad at all. Why, why is it my problem? It's fact. They did not win a premiership. Mel asks, is AFL sport or is it now a business? Well, what is the sport, Mel? But if we want to get technical, uh, it's all business. And Chadley Wingard, Chadley Wingard will absolutely sell a hell of a lot of jumpers, which is one of the other reasons why we brought him to the club. Good-looking rooster. Isn't that what they say? This is so, so cynical, Tiz. Just chill out. You know, I know it's, what what's it, like 40 degrees up in Perth? Just chill out. Have a zooper-duper. Prepare for AFLX. <laughs> It's all a business, Mal. At the end of the day, it's, it absolutely has business interests smeared all over it. In every every corner of the game, with one distinct exception, us. <laughs> now, <laughs> hey, well, that's true. Yeah, well, we bloody well do this for free. That's got to change. All right, best twenty-two. Have you got one, or are you doing Rowan's? One of our listeners, Rowan, uh, actually submitted their best twenty-two, and I had a look at that, and I quite liked it. So I'm happy to model mine after his because we heard from Simon who uh, who wondered if we were, if we were able to submit our best 22 when the ball is bounced for round round one next year, assuming that everyone is fit and everyone's firing and available for selection. So we're happy to go through that now. Uh, now, Tiz, would you like me to go first based on Rowan's selection, or do you want to hit us up with yours? No, go ahead. Go ahead. All right, I'll, I'll go ahead. And I'll pick it apart. Thanks very much. Back to the forwards. We've got Stratton, Frawley, and Hardwick, and at the half back, Sicily, Brand, and Birchall. 
Through the center line, Smith, Mitchell, and Scully in the rucks. McAvoy, we've got O'Meara and Shields as support. Half forward line, Gunston, Schoenmakers, Wingard. And then in the forward line, the deep forwards, Bruce, Roughhead, and Puapolo. Interchange consists of Walpole, Morrison, and Burgoyne. And maybe uh, let's chuck Impey in there as well. And the emergencies, well, you've got a variety here. Howe, Segler, Henderson, Scrimshaw would have a look. I'd love to see Lewis get a goal, uh, get a go, sorry. And, um, I'd love to see Lewis get a go, and uh, Hanrahan, uh, I'd like to see get a bit of a look in this year. Um, but, I mean, the emergencies are negotiable, obviously. You've, you've heard the best 22. Uh, now, Tiz, as per your promise, you're going to pick this one apart. My only change, basically, from that whole side that is selected on field is that uh, Brand does not line up and Impey is in the side. Okay. Because I don't, I don't see Brand and Frawley playing in the same lineup. Yep, and uh, I reluctantly selected Schoenmakers at centre half forward. Mm-hmm. I love that the centre lines are the same: the Smith, Mitchell, Scully, McAvoy, and Mira Shields. That has a great ring to it. Yep. When we get to the interchange, I have Warple, Howe, Morrison, and Nash. Okay. Yep. This is going into finals in 2019. Right. So you're you're notice... not looking at round one. You're looking at the pointy end of the season. And you'll notice that one fella, Sean Burgoyne, has not made the lineup. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, and that would be if we're playing well enough to win a premiership. Burgoyne would not be playing. I agree. Yep, I know that's going to be tough for listeners to uh, to hear some of them, but that is just the truth of it. Yep, and uh, he'll be our barometer. Him and Puapolo will be the barometer of our side. A hundred percent. If if we are ultra dependent on those two guys in particular something's going wrong. We need to be able to start looking ahead and, and covering their positions. Uh, to, to lean on them for the entirety of 2019 would be quite worrying. I didn't find a spot for Morrison either, with Scully coming in. That's interesting. Just got him on the interchange there, but uh, you know, Cousins and Morrison and, and Howe are all looking to... Um... It'd be interesting if Howe can play off the half-back line. I thought that might be an option. Isn't that where he started to begin with? Where, where he, yeah. Quite early in his career where he started playing senior footy. I reckon that was where he was played. He showed a lot of beautiful intercept marking ability. Mm. But we've got some great... When I looked at this, I, I just started going through what our battles were for position. And you've got Scully versus Morrison versus Henderson versus Moore. Obviously, Smith would be selected. Yep. Um, and then you've got Puopolo, Hanrahan, uh, Moore, Mosquito, mm-hmm. and Warple. They're all vying for the same spot. Then you've got Burgoyne, Warple, and Langford. I think they're basically <laughs> fighting out for a spot. Okay. O'Brien, Schoenmakers, and uh, Shields House uh, Cousins. Yeah. So there's some good rivalry there, and I think Shields is playing very well because he does have that pressure on himself for the uh, for the spot in the side. Yeah, that's true. And midfield is looking superb after this trade period. Because uh, we, we can float Wingard in there as well if we need to. You, I guess you would argue it would be played out of position in that case, but I liken Wingard to a Bruce sort, where Bruce can sub in for the mids if we want a bit, a bit of that versatility and unpredictability. Clarko likes likes doing that, likes chucking him in the middle. So I just think our midfield line is just... Uh, God, it's looking formidable all of a sudden. And it happens to have a Brownlow medalist, Tiz. It does. And uh, if you look at his PCM scores, he actually did worse... This year than last year. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's very encouraging signs. Now, uh, now I haven't had a chance to, to get to Clinton's remarks 
Well, he asked us, top five favourite Hawks, Marks and Goals in both your lifetimes. Well, you're going to have to settle for one lifetime here, because <laughs> Nick has his done. <laughs> well, you've been away. <laughs> you've been away. You've been working. You've been busy. So, you know, we can't hold that against you. Well, we'll get back to you, though. We'll, in a future episode, maybe in the draft episode, we'll, uh, yeah. we'll get you to list yours. But at the moment, I've got my Marks and Goals. Uh, preferably, I think all of these I actually witnessed in person. I tried to go for ones that I was there for. And I reckon I've, I've nailed it here for marks and goals. Let's start with the marks. Uh, my favourite Hawk marks in my lifetime that I've seen. I started with um, probably my favourite is uh, Cyril Rioli against Collingwood in round one of 2010. I think he soars over. I think it's Shaw. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is, is who he takes her yeah. over. It's the one where Bruce goes, oh, Cyril. <laughs> it's that piece of commentary. Uh, and that's just incredible, the elevation he gets on that. My second uh, is uh, Cyril Rioli. In, they're not all going to be Cyril, okay, mind you. Okay, good. I was just about to point that out, yeah. <laughs> they could have been all Cyril, which says something, but uh, no, this is the, the second and last in the, in the marks that's a Cyril Rioli mark. Uh, against Sydney in round 16, 2016. Uh, now, that was at uh, ANZ, ANZ Stadium. That is the one where... It's a giant pack mark. He comes from nowhere. His direct opponent is Dan Hannabury, who just completely gets bamboozled and loses sight of Rioli just burns him completely and comes around, comes around the pack, in from the side from nowhere, and Hannabury's nowhere to be seen by that stage. And it's a towering mark, and it's absolutely terrific. Uh, this third one, Paul Puopolo against Adelaide, round two, 2017, using Josh Kelly as a stepladder. I don't think I've seen a player get quite as high as that. That is, it's just the the sit and and the the leap to get on the guy on Josh Kelly's shoulders is absolutely insane. Do you remember that one, Tiz? I remember that one, and I remember people saying, "Oh, well, maybe we've seen the best of Paul," and uh, then he did that. <laughs> That is, I mean, obviously he's renowned for his screamers. That is probably my favourite that he's taken. I have no idea of the next one you've got here. Nathan Thompson against the Western Bulldogs, using uh, John Barker to climb up and take... He came running from, if you look at the clip, it's available on YouTube, you can find it. Nathan Thompson against the Western Bulldogs. Nathan Thompson comes steaming in from about full forward. And just flies. Takes out his own man. Uh, if, well, <laughs> he, he uses Barker for the sit, but also a couple of Bulldogs players come off second best as well. Um, I remember seeing that live, and uh, it might have been Mark of the Year, or it was in, in, in contention at least. That was terrific. And the last one here on this list is Michael Osborne versus Essendon. And uh, I'm not actually sure what year this is from. I, I want to say 2010 or 11 or something like that. Um, where he just pulls it down i don't know how he hung on to it but that one's available on youtube as well michael osborne versus essendon well worth looking at now we move on to the goals my top five favorite goals i see now i'm stuffed here because i'm uh, these are all mine (laughs) (laughs) now uh my favorite goals the top five the first one that came to mind instantly was uh mark williams against geelong in the 2008 grand final his tag team effort with stewie jew um, a most unlikely goal to fend off what ended up being four Geelong players that arrived at the scene, and they just somehow manufactured it. They worked it out. It was just such a brilliant display of teamwork to get that done. Williams just punting it through, drilling it home, 
at a pivotal time in the match, obviously, when we were rampaging and we were just going on with it. And uh, that is just brilliant. Now, Burgoyne against Geelong, another Geelong entry, 2013 prelim. I mean, isn't that on everyone's list? If you're talking about top five Hawthorne goals. Yeah, I'm surprised that wasn't top, though. Now, just hang on a minute. These aren't in order. Fair enough. These are just these aren't in any particular order. These are just ones I came up with. All right. But that being said, the Williams one was the first one I thought of. So if that's worth anything to you, listeners, and tis, then, well, that's up to you. Uh, Burgoyne against Geelong uh, to basically win that prelim. <laughs> um, that, it's just... And the pose, the, the, the arms outstretched, running afterwards in celebration... What an iconic Hawthorne image for supporters. We'll never forget that. And um, when we're talking about this game, as we so often say, it, it almost meant more to Hawthorne supporters to beat Geelong and get the hearse with a curse, as it were, according to Dennis Cometti. Uh, it meant more than the grand final win that, that uh, followed the following week. So that, that just says In- incorrect. it all. Incorrect. Incorrect. <laughs> no, that, that's just romanticising. I, I couldn't have made that grand final and lost it. <laughs> Again, two years in a row. That's just crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, you make a fair point. I wouldn't have stomached it well either, but uh, it certainly meant a lot to Hawthorne fans on that particular evening that Burgoyne drilled that home. Now, what about Bruce versus Fremantle? As Seeing as we're talking about the 2013 Grand Final, Bruce sharking the tap, running in, and, and the crowd goes bananas, and then when it's kicked, a beautiful the, the noise is yeah. like nothing I've ever heard. Uh which does it does help the 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 lethal efficiency with 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 which that goal is kicked is just something to behold and one of Luke Bruce's very best goals and God knows he's kicked a few great ones. Uh, Rioli versus Richmond round six two thousand and eight again another bloke that's had a spectacular highlight reel in terms of goals he's put through but slips Matthew Richardson <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right gets it on the boot and announces himself to the competition. Fantastic. Yeah, round six in his debut year. I mean, sensational. One of his best goals. And this one, I mean, it's almost one of two. You know the one I'm referring to, listeners, when I say one of two. It's got to be Buddy Franklin against Essendon, round 13, 2010. Take your pick. Do you want the first or the second when he's running down the wing? It's got to be the second one. The first time you do it, it can be a fluke the second time. <laughs> yeah, uh, on that note, I've, I've got to agree. Uh, that's sound logic for mine. To do it again is just ridiculous. Uh, so there you go. They're my favourite marks and goals. And we thank Clinton for that question. It took a bit of work tracking those down and finding, finding the specific games from which they happened. But uh, always nice to walk down memory lane and experience those great times once again. I'll have to find other ones. Anyway, I was I was very happy with that uh, trade period. Very happy indeed. And uh, sad to see Burton go, but uh, this list is looking a lot better than it did two weeks ago. So I reckon they double their efforts, Roughhead and Ber- Burgers and Frawley. They'll be looking at premierships with this side. I think so. I think we're well poised. Uh, we're not going to be 14th and 15th, as, as was tipped by the so-called experts, the so-called legends of the game. Um I put out a poll you might you might have seen. I ran a poll from our Twitter account, Tiz, and most people had us finishing between 5th and 8th in 2019, which I think is pretty fair. Um, as we know, in, in the modern era of AFL, you can probably win it from anywhere. So you've just got to make the damn thing. You've just got to qualify for the finals and then see what happens. I think we're going to, and I happen to agree with you. I think our, I think our list looks a lot better. Um, like I said, in terms of our recruits, we just injected talent 
in every part of the ground. We've got Scrimshaw, and then we've got Scully and Wingard. How could you not be happy? I know we gave up a lot. I know people are disappointed that we have to say goodbye to Burton, but you're right, Tiz. You summed it up perfectly. This list looks a lot better, and we are well poised to make another charge and prove the critics... Well, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but prove the critics wrong once again. They'll never learn, apparently. <laughs> oh, they've got to be right one time, don't they? That's what they're banking on. Anyway, we need to wrap this thing up because where you're staying breakfast closes in 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to go get something to eat. We've got to wrap this up. We're going for about an hour anyway. So here, here it is. The social media stuff just to bring us home. iTunes, 110 ratings. Just get on there, rate and review us. We love hearing from you. And, and the stuff that people have left, they really, uh, it warms our hearts, Tiz. It warms our hearts, which being in Perth, that's not a problem for you, being a million degrees. But uh, for, for us here down in Melbourne, it matters to me. Uh, iTunes, 110 ratings, as I said. So we want to bump that up. Let's get as many as possible. Twitter, at HawkTalkPod. Any diehard Hawk fans, you know, I know it's the off-season. Turn their attention to our Twitter account and indeed our podcast. Get them on board. We'd love for you to do that. And you can find us on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash hawktalkpod. Now, Tiz, when are we going to be back? Because things start to really slow down and uh, then we have the draft and then we might do a bit of a Christmas episode. But what, when are we going to be back? That's what people are going to be wondering. Oh, I think a, a, a mid-draft because we don't have any top 10 picks. So uh, we'll probably record that night of the top 10 picks and look at the following day when we'll be when Hawthorne will be doing their uh, selections. Well, there you go, listeners. Something to look forward to. We also have the Sam Mitchell autobiography review sort of waiting in, in the wings. Uh, we keep on putting that off and putting it off. But, I mean, the upside is, by the, by the time we do get to review it, most of you will have read it. We're not going to spoil a single thing. So that's something to look forward to as well. Tears, I hope you're having a fun time in Perth. I hope that the weather looks amazing from what, what you've shown me. You didn't waste a second in putting the camera up to the window and showing me the resort that you're at. So that's <laughs> nice of you. It looks like you're having a great time. Yeah, I've got uh, off the stadium in the background there. Not a bad little place. Anyway, I'll go exploring. You do just that, and uh, I'll edit. (laughs) (laughs) Always a pleasure, Tiz, and uh, we'll be back very soon. Till next time, we are a happy team at Hawthorne. Chad. 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 Chad.